Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Journal Podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend Justin from Hoop Outlet, here to uh, discuss offseason for teams from the Southeast Division. So Justin, I'm glad to have you on today. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. We're diving into the Southeast teams and the Wizards, my favorite team, and then the Heat, Hornets, just a solid group of teams. It's probably the worst division in the league, but it's still fun to dissect that. I mean, there's definitely some, there's definitely competitive teams. I mean, you have the Hawks made the conference finals this past year. The Heat expect to be contenders this year. I think it's a pretty competitive uh, division. I know the NBA doesn't really care about divisions, but I think this is a pretty solid group of five teams. But uh, we're going to go in alphabetical order. So we're going to start off with the Atlanta Hawks. They signed Trey Young to a five-year max extension worth up to $207 million. John Collins got a five-year extension for $125 million. They drafted Jalen Johnson with the 20th pick and Sharif Cooper with the 48th pick. They brought back Lou Williams on a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, Solomon Hill re-signed on a one-year veteran minimum, and they added Gorju Zhang, one-year $4 million. And then they traded Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando and brought in DeLon Wright. That's everything. So, Justin, I'm going to ask you, did the Hawks get better this offseason? Do you think they sort of stayed the same, or did they get worse? I think they definitely got better, and they didn't make many, like, eye-popping moves this offseason. Obviously, they drafted Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper I really like for the future. I don't think he's ready right away, so I don't think that matters for next season. Jalen Johnson I think will be could be solid in, like, a ninth-man role, but I don't know with this Hawks team how deep they are. I don't know if we'll get that. And with the Kongu injured, they picked up Gorgi Jang. So I'm not – I believe he'll probably play as the back of five. But this team looks really good. And last year, obviously, they made the conference finals. And I'm not sure if they'll do that again. But I think they're going to have a much improved regular season considering with Nate McMillan in the regular season last year, they had a top three record for the second half. And with guys like Trey Young, obviously the star of this team, Kevin Herter, Sean Collins, uh, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, with all of them getting another year to develop with obviously – Good role players alongside them with Bogdan Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, Lou Williams, Gallinari, and potentially Jalen Johnson. As I said, I think he could be good right away. And Delon Wright as well. This is just, they're like, oh, they're a really well oiled machine. And I just think from top to bottom, they're just so deep with so many young guys. And like, there's no reason for them to not get better from last year. And they probably won't make the conference finals again because they'll most likely have to go up against the Nets or the Bucks in round two. But there, I still think they have an argument for the third best team in the East. I would probably lean the Heat for that. But this team, they proved us wrong last year against the Knicks. They proved us wrong again against the Sixers. There's no reason why they can't do that again if they keep developing. And Nate McMillan, one of the best coaches in the league at this point, I think they have an argument for the best team in this division. I'd probably lean Miami, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But they're a really great team, and I, I'm excited to see them develop for next year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you kind of hit all the key points there. I don't really think they they made much like I like their draft. I mean, I like adding Jang for you know the depth while Kongwu recovers from his injury, but um, I think they got better just as a result of the development of the guys that they have on the team. Like you said, Trey and Herder, Reddish, Hunter, all these guys. I think there there's a lot of room for improvement for those guys. So yeah, I think they definitely are going to be a better team than last year, especially given like you said, Nate McMillan will be the coach for the whole season. Um, I think I mean, we saw right away when uh, when they fired Lloyd Pierce and promoted Nate McMillan. It was a huge turnaround for that team. So I'm not sure if I see another conference finals appearance for them because, you know, like you said, they're probably going to have to go up against the Bucks or the Nets. I'm not sure if I would favor them, but I do see them as the third best team in the East. Like until, until I see the Heat, at least, see what they have, 
know, on paper it looks good, but I'm not exactly sold yet. So I, I do see the Hawks as the, at that next team because to me the Bucks and the Nets are kind of in a tier of their own. But I like the Hawks as you know that next next tier of teams. So uh, let's move on. The next team that we have is the Charlotte Hornets. So he traded the number 57 pick, the Pistons, and they moved up to number 37 while also adding Mason Plumley. He took JT Thor with that 37th pick. Also drafted James Booknight with the 11th pick and Kai Jones at number 19. They were able to manufacture a sign-in trade that sent out Devontae Graham to the Pelicans. They got back a first-round pick in Wessa Wundu. Signed Kelly Oubre to a two-year deal for $26 million. Added Ish Smith on a two-year deal worth $9 million. And they gave Rozier a four-year $98 million extension. And they lost Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, Caleb Martin, and Bismack Biombo. So do you think this team got better? Do you think they got worse? Do you think they're the same? I think this is another team that definitely got better because obviously LaMelo Ball, he was in and out of lineups last year. And that's the main reason why he wasn't the runaway rookie of the year winner to most people. But if he was in the lineup for the whole season, I think it could have been close to unanimous. I'm not sure about that because Anthony Edwards had a great second half, but he would have been the clear rookie of the year. And if he gets a full season another year, uh, to develop in the offseason. I think he could really sneak into all-star conversations next year. I don't think he'll make an all-star team, but with the hype around him and just him being able to potentially lead this team to the playoffs or even really a top seed in the playoffs because we have to remember when Gordon Hayward was healthy, they were one of the top teams in the East. And I know the East has gotten a lot better, but if they could get to around that six seed range, which is definitely possible, the mellow ball could be in those conversations. And obviously Gordon Hayward, as I said, he, as of right now, I'd say he's the best player on this team. He's a wing that could create for himself and close games when needed to. And he's also a lead off ball and he's a underrated playmaker and defender. And then miles bridges is a guy that I'm high on making a breakout next year. I don't think he'll be a star, but I think he could get himself into around top 10 for uh, the small forward position or power forward, depending on what he plays, because he just, he's the full package as well. He brings offense. He could play off ball. He could create, and he could slash. He brings energy. He defends, and he could pass. And Terry Ogier, he's just he's perfect as this combo guard for this team, just playing alongside Lamelo Ball at the two, and he's just going to be able to do what he does best, just score and get buckets. And Kelly Oubre Jr., a lot of people weren't too high on the signing because of his season with the Warriors, but I actually think this is the perfect place for him to be just going, coming off the bench, which is what I think they'll do with him. I think he'll come off the bench and just be kind of like a little bit like the same as miles bridges. He's not the passer bridges is he's not the shooter he is, but as a slasher and as an energy piece, you could defend. I think he's a solid addition for that contract. And PJ Washington's a guy that I think makes a, another not a leap, but I think he improves next year into just a really good starting four in the league who could defend, shoot, and pass as well. And Mason Plumley, that was one of the biggest steals of the offseason, I think, because just they gave up, I believe it was Plumley and the 37th pick to Charlotte for the 58th pick, I think. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Plumley's a starting center in this league. He's starting caliber. He's not the guy you'd want starting on your championship team, but. He's just, I mean, he's solid just as a guy there, and he's much better than Zeller was. And then Ish Smith is a solid backup bunker as well. I think this team is going to be around the 7 to 10 range in the East. They could be 6, potentially even 5. I don't see much higher than that. But for a regular season team, I think they're going to be a team that 
just outguns teams on a nightly basis with all this young talent mixed in with vets like Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumley and Kelly Uber Jr. If you want to consider him a vet, I think this is going to be a team that just they fit well together. James Rego is a coach that I like a lot. He gets them to play with toughness and to commute, uh, compete every night. So this is a team I really like going into next season. They probably won't make much noise in the playoffs, but if they could get into the playoffs for the first time since the Kemba Walker days, I think that would be a huge step in the right direction. I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you look at their, their offseason on paper and they made a lot of good moves. Replacing Cody Zeller with Mason Plumley while also moving up 20 spots in the draft. I think that was one of the one of the most underrated moves of the offseason. Um, I like all the picks that they made. Um, replacing Malik Monk with James Booknight, I think makes them a little bit worse in the short term just because obviously, you know, Booknight's a rookie, so might not have the same impact right away. But I think for their long term, that's a really good move. I like the swing at Kai or on Kai Jones at 19. I think that late in the draft, I think it's definitely worth a swing on him. Um, turning Devontae Graham into a first round pick, I think was a smart move. Adding Ubre and Ish Smith as depth, I like. Um, I just I think given the rest of the teams in the East and how much better the East got, I could see them taking a step back record wise, but I think they definitely took a good step in the right direction for the future. Um, I you know, I like a lot of the moves that they made. I don't I don't know. Like they'll probably make the play in tournament, but I would not be surprised if they were a lower seed in the standings than they were faster, even though I do think, you know, heading in the right direction. I just think the East improved a lot this off season. I wouldn't be surprised to see them as more of like a nine, 10, 11 seed than more of a seven, eight. Yeah. The East you could argue is deeper than the West at this point, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Uh, the talent at the top in the West is probably a little better for like the top four teams, but mm-hmm. the East is still the pretty top heavy as well. And book night, as you said, I forgot to mention him. I think he'll be solid right away, but nothing like too impactful. I think he'll just be some solid spurt scoring in like 15, 18 minutes a game. Kai Jones is a guy that I was really high on coming into the draft, and I don't think he'll do much right away either. But I think he's he was a solid pick as well, being able to get him at 19. And I think he's the perfect fit for this team, a team that needs a center. And with we saw how DeAndre Aiden was this postseason. I think Kai Jones, even though people think he could be just this the center who could ball handle and just create for himself. I think he could be more of like a flow of the offense score like Aiden was. And I think that they're going to prioritize his development for the next few years. And JT Thor is a pick. I like Scotty Lewis. I like him, his fit on this team for the future. And really from top to bottom, they just have a really solid group of guys. And Jalen McDaniel is another guy that I like as well at the three or four for them. So they had, a, I wouldn't say a great off season, but they had, a good one, especially during the draft. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think, they, yeah, they didn't do anything that really elevates them in terms of like being a contender next year, but I think they definitely made a lot of smart moves, a lot of moves that allowed them to like keep their sustainability, you know, down the line, be more of a contender. Um, I think, yeah, if Kai Jones works out, I think it's going to be more as a five and more as like a play finisher rather than a ball handler. So I like the fit there because they, they definitely need that and if they're going to be a contender down the line when LaMelo's really ready to lead a team. So, yeah, I like that pick for them. I think they had a pretty solid offseason. Yeah, so definitely. Let's, let's move on to the Heat. They had quite the offseason. They they uh, acquired probably the biggest available free agent in, uh, in Kyle Lowry. They, they got him in a sign-in trade for Goran Dragic and Precious Achua, signing him to a three-year $85 million deal. They gave Jimmy Butler what was a three-year max extension, I believe it was. I think he took the player option and then added three years onto that. That was a max extension. They re-signed Duncan Robinson, five years, $90 million. They brought back Victor Oladipo on a veteran minimum for one year. 
They snatched P.J. Tucker away from the Bucks on a two-year, $14 million deal, and then they added Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman, Abe Vincent, Max Struess, and Omar Yurtseven on one-plus-one deals. So this is a very new-look Miami team. I'm assuming you think they, they uh, improved based on last year? I would say they definitely improved. I don't think they're at their bubble level, but I think they're definitely a dark horse in the East. You said earlier about them, you have to see them play first, which I agree. I'm not fully uh, putting in my stock for Miami till I see them on the court because Kyle Lowry, I don't think he's going to regress like completely, but there's a chance he just regresses into more of a uh, complimentary guy on this team and just a really solid role player rather than a star, which I think I would lean towards him being a star one more year, but it's very possible. He isn't Jimmy Butler's also aging as well. I believe he's 33 or 32. And I don't think Jimmy's going to take a step back at all. It's just, Again, it's just like this team, it's hard to be able to tell if he's a number one because we saw him in Miami in the bubble. He was he showed he was a number one, but that's it's hard to sustain that level of play, especially when it's not in the bubble. It's back to normal basketball. And you've got teams like the Nets, the uh, the uh, new improved Bucks, and Bam Adebayo. I think he takes the biggest improvement on this team. And I think he shows why he's a, a top 20 around their player. Um, I think he's on the outside looking in for that list, but I think he proves he's going to be one of the best defenders in the NBA for a long time and potentially the defense player of the year this upcoming year, which I could see Tyler hero. I, a lot of people are down on him because of his last season. And obviously he didn't have a great season. I think he has a better season though, because Miami, they have a better team around them. They have Kyle Lowry now. And um, I think, Tyler Hero with another offseason going into his third year. He had a sophomore slump last year, which was obvious. But I think Tyler Hero off the bench in a creation role, I think he could give around 15, 16, 17 points per game potentially and maybe be in the sixth man of the year talks when the year ends. I could see it. Duncan Robinson, we know what he is at this point, just a really great shooter who could at times uh, go off the dribble and make some plays, but nothing too special on that end, but he's definitely one of the better role players in the NBA uh, for what he does. And his contract shows that the one thing I'm worried about is their depth because outside of the guys I named PJ Tucker, he was great in the playoffs on defense on offense. He wasn't so great, which he's never been great on offense, just a corner guy, but PJ Tucker, I could see him regressing a little bit. And I think that's going to be tough because if he does regress since he's 37, I believe that's going to be tough to find the replacement at the four. They could, maybe throw a flyer on Casey Akpala, who I used to be really high on, and I still am, but he's still a very raw prospect. And we saw that in the Olympics, and we saw that in Summer League. He doesn't really have a feel for the game yet, so I don't think he's ready enough to slide in at the four if P.J. Tucker really just deteriorates. And Markeith Morris is still a solid player. Just You don't want him starting at the four for a championship team unless you're completely stacked. And although Miami is pretty top-heavy, they're not stacked, I would say. Dwayne Dedman's a solid center for the backup, not much to say about him. And Gabe Vincent and Max Struess I like a lot as backups, and I think they will develop into rotation pieces this year. As a whole, this team, they're around third to fourth in the East. I don't have them in the Nets Bucks tier, but if Kyle Lowry could be the Kyle Lowry we saw last year and the year before, and P.J. Tucker could carry on his playoff defense into next postseason while just being just what he has to do on offense, doing that, just shooting quarter threes. This team can make the finals. I wouldn't bet on it. They're one of the dark horse teams and kind of the second tier outside of Nets Bucks. But this team, they're good. I just want to see more from Bam. I want to see more from Tyler Hero. 
And I need to see PJ Tucker sustain the starting role before I could actually say they're one of the better teams in the league. Uh, yeah, I think you hit it. You nailed it uh, with the, the depth thing because I think they're relying a lot on guys that have a lot of miles on them between Lowry and Butler and PJ Tucker. Like outside of those guys, I don't really love the options that they have in terms of, you know, like an eight man playoff rotation. So I definitely worry about depth when it comes to, you know, just filling out playoff rotation because I like Lowry, uh, Jimmy, PJ, and Bam with either uh, Hero or Robinson in there. I just don't know what else they really have to go to. Like, I don't I don't really expect anything out of Oladipo. I don't know if he's even going to play this season. Um, like you said, Marquise Morris is not really the guy you want it for if you're competing for a, a title. Uh, Deadman, you know, not very good in the playoffs for them. I, I don't, wouldn't really count on him for anything. And then Vincent Struess, you're at seven. Like, those are guys that I think you can rely on through the course of the regular season to just get you through some games. But I don't really trust them in a playoff rotation either. So if they can't, if they can't put it all into the hands of their star players to carry them, then I don't really think they have the depth to really compete with Nets or the Bucks. But, um, but we'll see. Like, they're definitely right there. And then that second tier in the East right there with the Hawks. So it's going to be interesting. They're, they're one of the teams that I'm really excited to see when the season kicks off. Uh, I'm just not sold yet, personally. Yeah, I, f- I forgot to mention Oladipo because obviously he – he put up the stats last year, but it wasn't really leading to anything at all. And I think Oladipo could just be a solid player for this team. I don't think he's going to do much. I think he'll probably know his role in this team because he he turned down a big contract extension from Houston last year. I think he prioritizes winning, and we have to see how he comes back from that injury because he got injured again, which obviously isn't a good sign. But I don't think he's going to start out great this season, but I think potentially – come playoff time when towards the end of the regular season, he'll just have a solid tertiary role and solid as a playmaker, solid as a defender, nothing that stands out too much, but we have to see with him as well. Cause I mean, if he could develop into, obviously he won't be what he was with the Pacers, but if he could just be a great scorer off the bench or as a starter, then that could turn a lot around for this team. But we, it's really, we have to see, cause there's a lot of X factors on the team with their lack of depth. So it's just, it's just wait and see for them. Yeah, I think with, with Oladipo, if they can get him, you know, if they can get him healthy and get him into the rotation, it's probably just house money at this point. Like, the expectation should be that he's not going to contribute for them because given his injury history, I just don't think you can expect him to be there. But if he is, yeah, I think that that's a nice, like you said, tertiary option to add to that rotation. But uh, let's let's move on to the Magic. This one should be pretty quick. They honestly, there's not much to talk about with the Magic. They they drafted Jalen Suggs with the fifth pick, took Franz Wagner with the eighth pick. They signed his brother Mo Wagner in free agency. Also signed Robin Lopez on a one-year five million dollar deal. They waived Dwayne Bacon and they lost Otto Porter Jr. to the Warriors. I believe that is it for the Magic. Um, there's not really much to say here. Uh, you think they'll be any better or worse than they were last year? I don't think they'll be much better at all there as of right now. I would say the worst team in this conference as a whole. But I think people are just, like, talking down on them a little too much. I don't think they're some outright horrible team. They're one of the worst teams in the league because the league is just that good, but they're not some terrible team. Because Jalen Suggs, I don't think he's going to be a star right away. I don't think he's going to be putting up big numbers. But I think he could sort of have just, like, a Tyrese Halliburton-esque rookie year in the sense that he's not just – you know, dominating from the box score, but he's defending well and he's playmaking well. He's just doing his job pretty well. 
And um, I think he could have a rookie year like that. And down the line, I expect him to be just a solid, like, two, uh, three guy on a championship team, which is solid. It's really solid for the fifth overall pick. And I think that was definitely the right pick at that slot. But this team as a whole, I like it. RJ Hampton's a guy that I like a lot. I wasn't too high on him in the 2020 draft process, but he's turned around my opinion because last year, after being traded to Orlando uh, from the Nuggets, he showed that he has the ability to play the combo guard at a pretty solid level, and he could play the two if you need. And this seems backcourt. That's going to be the most interesting thing. They'll most likely start Marco Fultz because of the contract he has. They're not going to put him off the bench in favor of RJ Hampton or Cole Anthony. But I think Hampton could slide into the starting role by the end of the year because I'm not too high on Fultz. I think he's going to bring solid defense and solid playmaking and slashing. But other than that, I'm not too high on him. And RJ Hampton's a guy that I could see taking a sophomore leap. I think he could be around 15 points per game if he gets the opportunity because his ability to get to the rim and create from the outside, just it's it's improved a lot since the college days. And I really like him going into next season. Cole Anthony, I think he's going to be solid as well, just a solid bench scorer and playmaker. I could see him going into a sophomore slump, but he'll he'll do his job, just get points and play make a little. Mo Bamba, I'm I think like I'm not going to say it's over for him, but I just he needs to get the opportunity to show that he could be what he was projected to be coming out of college. And I still think he can be. It's just about getting that opportunity, which I don't think he'll get because Jonathan Isaac's coming back, which if he could stay healthy, Isaac's going to be a great player. And I think when healthy, he's a top 50 player in basketball. So if he stays healthy, I think he's going to jump that list a little more. Wendell Carter Jr. is another guy that I like a lot. He's just a solid uh, above average defender, solid passer and playmaker. And offensively, he's not great outside of his playmaking, but he does enough on that end to get by. And Chumo Kiki is one of my favorite players on the team as a whole because he is just the prototypical guy that you could slot in at the three or four and he could just play really solid role players minutes for you. He's a great defender. He's a solid playmaker. He's a good shooter. And he showed some sense of creation. I don't think that's going to really translate throughout his career. I think he'll just be a Mikhail Bridges X player, but he's a really solid guy that I like. And then they have guys like Mark, Michael Carter Williams, who's solid Terrence Ross. He could be traded by the deadline, but he's going to be solid for them as well. Uh, Mo Wagner is solid and, uh, Franz Wagner, as well as brother, is going to be solid. I don't think Franz is a great prospect. He's just going to be a mid player throughout his career. That's what I expect him to be. And I expect him to be that right away, really. And then Gary Harris, solid, just a solid defender, not a great shooter. And they signed Robin Lopez, which I don't really get, maybe for the locker room, I'd assume. But this team, yeah, they're not going to be great. But I think – they're not bad enough to the point where they can't just rack up a few wins here and there. So I don't think they're going to be just a team that all teams can walk over, but they're probably the worst in the entire conference. Yeah, for sure. I, I think definitely the worst team in this division. Um, although I will say, I think if Isaac and Fultz can both stay healthy, I think they're probably going to win more games than most people are expecting. I think a lot of people have just sort of forgotten about Jonathan Isaac because he's hardly played any basketball in the last few years. But yeah, I agree. I think when, he, when healthy, he's absolutely a top 50 player in the NBA. So if he can stay healthy, I think they're going to win a few games, but at least more than some people expect, because I think Suggs is going to come in and be really good right away. I like the comparison you made to like having a Tyrus Halliburton-esque rookie year, because I do think, you know, we're probably not going to see him have many 30-point games like we probably will for like Jalen Green. 
I think Suggs is going to come in and consistently be solid, get a positive impact there, someone that contributes to winning right away. So, yeah, I really love that pick for them. I don't love the Wagner pick at eight. I think I agree with you that he's probably going to come in right away and be a solid role player. But probably will never be much more than that. But I didn't love that pick. It's solid. You know, they, they signed his brother as well, so I'm sure that probably factored into it a little bit. Um, I think I think they uh, I think they have a lot of young pieces, like you said, all the guys you mentioned, um, Kiki, Hampton, Cole, Anthony, Suggs, Fultz, all these guys. I, I like the the collection of young talent that they have. I just don't really know. Like, I'm going to be really interested to see in the first few games of the season what their starting lineup is because, like you said, they gave Fultz that contract extension, so you have to imagine that he starts. I think that Suggs proved in summer league that he's better than Cole Anthony already at this point. And so I don't know if they're going to start Fultz and Suggs together. I don't know, you know, if they'll run Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton as a bench unit. I don't know if that's the plan, but I'm definitely interested to see what they go with in terms of a starting lineup. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think the lineup they'll probably roll out is Fultz, Suggs, uh, Franz Wagner, Isaac and Wendell Carter Jr. I I don't see a way. Obviously, Isaac's going to start. I don't see a way where Wendell Carter doesn't start because of the contract extension he just got. Suggs he could be on the bench to start, but I think they're going to prioritize his development over a guy like Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and um, Franz. Their their wing position is just so weak. Like he's going to get the starting position right away. So uh, that's probably what it'll be. I think it should be Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton. Franz, because although I don't like Franz that much, he's really the only wing you have. Maybe Terrence Ross, but I mean, why get in the way of his development? And then Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter Jr. I think that's probably it. Oh, actually, no, Chimu Okiki will probably start, and he should probably start as well. But yeah, I mean, they have a solid team. Like, well, not really solid. It's just like it's not a team that you're going to walk over. It's just going to be a team that gets wins here and there when you least expect it. I think I think they'll definitely be competitive because even though they're really young, they have a lot of pieces that you like. And so, you know, even if they don't win a whole lot of games, I don't expect them to get, you know, stomped by 20, 25 points every single game. You know, they'll, they'll be competitive. They'll be in some games. And how young they are, they probably just won't win a whole lot of them. But uh, all right, let, let's move on to your team now, Washington Wizards. Uh, had, of course, the most confusing trade of the entire offseason. I think it ended up as a five-team deal. But in terms of what it means for the Wizards, they sent Russell Westbrook, of course, to the Lakers. and They got back Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, number 22 pick, which they then traded to Pacers in exchange for Aaron Holiday and the 31st pick. They took Isaiah Todd. And also, I think signing Dinwiddie was also a part of that trade in some weird convoluted way. All in all, give up Westbrook, they get Kuzma, KCP, Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Isaiah Todd, Spencer Dinwiddie. Also drafted Corey Kispert with their own pick at number 15, and they re-signed Raul Neto. That's everything, right? Yeah. So what do you think about, obviously the Westbrook trade is the, the headliner here, but what do you think about the Wizards offseason as a whole in terms of how much better or worse they might be heading into next season? This really confuses me because I mean, the Westbrook trade, I like it a lot. I think it's more of a long-term move. I don't think we're much better right away just off that trade. I think we're a better team for next season, mainly because our depth is really good. But I'll get to that in a second because there, there's a few flaws with our depth. But Spencer Dinwiddie now at the one. I really like that fit alongside Bradley Beal as well because Westbrook helped Beal a lot 
and not many people see that, but towards the second half of the year, Beal was looked tired and he looked sometimes out of games, uh, out of gas, but Westbrook helped that a lot to the point where he wasn't like getting stretches where he was unplayable because he was getting him looks because of his gravity as a playmaker. And that's going to be missed. But Spencer Dinwiddie, I like his fit because he's not doing what Westbrook did in that extent, like the gravity, but Spencer Dinwiddie as a whole, he's just his ability to just score. I like it a lot better than Westbrook's because He's a better creator. Dinwiddie wasn't a great shooter the past few years, but he's shown a knack to get hot at times from beyond the arc. He's a great finisher. And I just really like this ability because this addition, because Spencer Dinwiddie, his ability to close games in the past, it was amazing. And Beal wasn't able to close games properly because no one else on the team was able to help him. And he had no one to lean off of. Now he has Spencer Dinwiddie who when he was healthy showed he was one of the better clutch players in the league. So I think that's the, probably the perfect replacement we could have gotten realistically for Westbrook. And in terms of the trade as a whole, Kuzma, I think bounces back. I'm not uh, low on him coming into the season. I think just off the bench, I, he'll probably start. I think he'll start over Caldwell Pope. I think it'll probably be Dinwiddie, Beal, Kuzma, Hachimura, and Gafford in the starting lineup. But Kuzma, I think he's going to be just solid and just maybe like 14, 15 points per game and okay defense here and there. Um, And then as a whole, just we have the depth. We have really solid depth. It's just some of these pieces don't fit. I mean, it's I don't know how we're going to expect to do much in the East when we have Thomas Bryant, Montres Harrell, and Davis Bertans as some of the key guys in our front court. Gafford was a great defender with us, but – with Bryant, Harrell, and Bertans, that's just that's rough, and I don't think that's very pretty because sometimes they're going to be playing on the court together, some of them. So that's not going to be good at all. And then Caldwell Pope, he, he's like the perfect guy that I would like on this team. But it's just I think we have to make a few moves to get either one or two of Bertans, Harrell, or Bryant off this roster because that's just a recipe for disaster at that point. And – Talking about the young guys a little more, Hachimura is a guy that I expect to take a jump. I don't think it'll be a most improved player jump, but I think he'll get to around 15 points per night with better defense and better shooting because last year his shot mechanics improved defensively. He improved, in, especially on closeouts and you know just really giving 110% on that end. And I think he'll become more versatile as a man defender because he had stretches where he was. Denny Avdija, I think, this is going to be a bounce back year for him because he wasn't used right at all under Scott Brooks and he still made the most of it. He still was good in the role he was given. Now he's under West also junior who's come out and said that he's prioritizing Denny of development over anyone else on this team, which is going to be huge. I think he'll be put in the role he's best suited for, which as of right now is probably a point forward guy off the bench, which I like Daniel Gafford. He was amazing for us. And I think he'll continue to be amazing as a play finisher on offense in the pick and roll and a defender and rim protector. Aaron Holiday is a guy that I like. I'm I'm not sure what his role is going to be with Neto on the team, but I like him a lot just as a guy that can defend. And he was, he was really bad last year to keep it honest, but I think I like him. Like he'll be a solid guy off the bench. And Kispert is a really solid pick to me because He's just another guy. I wouldn't be mad if he started at the three right away because he just fits as a guy that just plays his role. He could shoot, sometimes put it off the dribble. I don't think that'll be something he does much his rookie year and defends as well. 
So I really like that pick. And Raul Neto, the first half of the year last season, he wasn't great. Then he bounced back and just he played solid defense. He hustled and he hit shots, which if he could bring that for a full season, that's going to be solid. And Isaiah Todd was a great pick. He's not going to be great right away. He's not going to play right away at all, really. But he's a solid guy for the future. And as a whole, this team, I don't think it's going to be much of an improvement. I think the roster on paper is better. And I think without Westbrook, it's going to be tough. But Dinwiddie's the perfect replacement. But with the East getting so much better as a whole and us – kind of saying neutral to an extent because I mean like we're obviously a much different team than last year but like in terms of just like on paper and talent and just looking at it from that perspective I mean it's not much of a difference even adding uh West Huntsville Jr. as the coach I don't see this team doing much next season we'll probably be in the play-in and uh potentially a 7-8 seed but there's also a world where the team misses the play, and, and I wouldn't be shocked by that whatsoever. So th- there's a lot of question marks surrounding the front court on the bench because of the defense and um, how some of the young guys are going to fare, like Kuzma and Denny and Kispert. But this team, they're solid. I don't expect – if they make the playoffs, I don't expect them to do much at all. Okay, so I, I actually think – I think the Wizards quietly had one of the best offseasons in the league, actually. I think a lot of people are looking at the Heat and the Bulls. They made some flashy moves. I actually think the Wizards are going to be a lot better than they were this past season. I'm going to make that case. So, like you said, replacing Westbrook with Dinwiddie, I think that's the perfect replacement. Dinwiddie fits better, I think, with Bill, even though he's probably not as talented of a basketball player as Westbrook is. Um, he gives you a little bit more size, I think, you know, he, he's going to like just mesh well with Beal better than Westbrook did, I think. Um, and then you're replacing Westbrook with Dinwiddie. You're adding three useful rotation players from the Lakers and Kuzma, KCP and Harrell. I know like Harrell, you don't want to put him in the playoffs because he's going to get exposed. But over the course of the regular season, he's going to give you good energy. He'll give you good minutes. Added Aaron Holiday. Kisper, I think, can come in right away and be an impact player. I think there's so much more depth on this team. I think, honestly, they're probably one move away from being like a top six lock in the East, in my opinion. I think if they can get off of uh, the Bertans contract for someone that just fits a little bit better into their rotation, I think, I think they're one of the better teams in the East because I really like the Dinwiddie Beal backcourt. I think having Kispert, Uzma, uh, Rui and KCP in your, your, uh, your wing rotation, I think is really solid, especially if, like you said, they can, uh, Denny Avdia into more of like a point forward role than a spot up role because I remember thinking I was really high on Denny Avdia in the draft and thinking to myself he can probably play just about any role besides being a spot up shooter and that's exactly what Scott Brooks had him doing as a rookie and honestly that that's really one of the biggest things is replacing Scott Brooks with a different coach I think is going to be huge for the Wizards after Jim Boylan left the Bulls I think it became pretty clear Scott Brooks was worst coach in the league so just moving on from him I think that's going to be a huge upgrade if you think about how poorly the Wizards started off the season, the record they got off to in the first month or two in the season, um, I think we can expect them to get off to a better start than that. And that combined with all their additions they made to their depth, I think they're going to be an improved team from, from last season. Yeah, there's definitely like way, um, there's definitely a way that we can improve next year. Like just as a whole, this team is just much more well-rounded. Again, I have, Questions about the front court on the bench just defensively. But as a whole, I really like the Westbrook move. I don't think that move was as much as right now because obviously we need to keep Bradley Bill happy right now because 
he has the player option next offseason. And after that, even if he accepts that he's going to be a free agent the next offseason, uh, the next offseason, unless we extend him, which I don't think will happen, I think most likely he'll decline the option and just look at his offers and potentially resign with us. But I think as a whole, I just like the Westbrook move from a long-term standpoint because now, again, we gave Dinwiddie a lot of money and we don't have much cap space to work with for right now. But when some other contracts get off the books, like Harold's and Caldwell Pope's, I mean, that's going to be big. And I just, this move is so much better long-term because we can't pay Westbrook for mm-hmm. uh, three more years, $45 million. And it's not like we're sacrificing anything right now. I mean, there is a way this team could be one of the better teams in the East. And Rui Hachimura, if he takes that next step into a legitimate most improved player candidate, this team will be one of the better teams in the East if he does that, or if Gafford does that. If one of them can do it, or both of them, this team will be in the upper echelon, I think, and maybe a top five seed. But it's just a lot to ask for from the young guys. I think they'll all take steps up. It's just the questions about this bench front court is a lot for me. And um, KCP is solid. Kispert's going to be solid right away. Holiday, I think, will have a bounce back year. Neto will be solid. And Unsell Jr., I think, is going to be a great coach in the NBA, not just a good one, a great one. But there's questions, but there's also things to look forward to. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're a top five seed, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're outside of the plane as a whole. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely those questions about, you know, the the defense in the front court. Um, I don't love Thomas Bryant. Uh, hopefully Gafford gets most of the minutes there because I actually think he was a really good pickup for you guys at the deadline last year. Um, yeah, I think if if one of Ruby or Gafford can pop or maybe Avdia even. And yeah, I like them at least to make the play-in tournament. I think I could definitely see them being like the sixth seed if, say, like the Bulls don't match that well or if the Pacers can't bounce back. I could see them. Uh, getting out of the playing tournament, but at the very least, they should be a playoff team. If they have to get matched up against like the Bucks or the Nets, you know, I don't really love their chances, but you know, I think they can give a team trouble in the first round. And just getting rid of Westbrook, I think they just give themselves a whole lot more flexibility moving forward. Whether that means they keep Bill or they don't, either way, I think it's a really good offseason for them, turning you know one of the biggest contracts into the league into multiple useful players. And there's a lot of future flexibility. So I, I really like what the Wizards did. That is it for all five teams. But before we get out of here, I want an official prediction from you. Uh, the order of each, like the teams in the division, what seed do you think they'll finish to rank all five teams? In terms of regular season seeding, I'll, pro- I'll probably say one, the Hawks. I think the Hawks are a sleeper team in terms of the regular season. I think there's a world where they could finish first. I wouldn't bet on it. And I, if they finish first, I, like, I don't think they're making the finals against the Nets or Bucks. But there's a world where they're just the best regular season team in the East. Number two is the Miami Heat, I'd say. The Heat, I don't think, will be much of a regular season team. But they're still going to be good enough to be around the five, six range. And in the range of the three to six, seven seed, which I think three to seven is basically all close. It could go a bunch of different ways. And at number three... It's tough between the Wizards and the Hornets, but I would give the slight edge to the Hornets. I just I like this team more in terms of just like every single like they're constantly competing and bringing so much energy and their depth is great as well. And they just have a lot of guys that fit well together. And four, I would put the Wizards. I think all four of those teams will at least be in 
at minimum the playing conversation. And then if I have the magic, this team, I mean, they could maybe be like a 12, 13 seed if everything goes right, but I don't see much higher than that. They'll most likely be the worst team in the conference. But again, they're not going to be the team you can walk over. So Hawks one, Heat two, Hornets three, Wizards four, Magic five. That's fair. I think I would lean Wizards over Hornets. Um, I just I think Beal will just carry them just a little bit farther than what I'm expecting from like Lamelo and Hayward because I think Hayward probably only plays like 45 games if we're being honest. Um, yeah, I mean I think I think you know that they're the Hawks right there up there with the Heat at the top. Wizards and Hornets are both playing tournament teams. Hope like hopeful to be a little bit higher than that, and then. Magic will probably finish as the worst team in the East. Um, I think they'll probably be right up there with the Pistons, just depending on, you know, how well Kate's going to play right away. But yeah, I, I think you pretty much nailed it there. So is there anything you want to plug, anything you want to shout out before we get out of here? At hoop underscore outlet on Instagram, that's where you can follow me. And, yeah, uh, that was a fun episode to talk about my team and a bunch of other teams, and I enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you on. But make sure you go follow at hoop underscore outlet on Instagram. Follow the, uh, what is it, TWSN, right? Yeah. What, what's the uh, what's the app for that one? At TWSN underscore underscore, okay. I believe. All right. Justin, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Peace.